Welcome back everyone to the channel. Tonight's story is about this phenomenon, this unexplained event that happens in this small town where this giant sinkhole appears overnight after this crazy rainstorm. And these people that keep disappearing in the town and the unexplained keeps occurring. I don't know about you, but sinkholes just scare the crap out of me. And if it does for you, <laughs> good luck sleeping the night. Let's get spooky. If you're new to the channel, subscribe, click on that bell and smash that thumbs up and tell a friend. A sinkhole appeared in my city overnight. People keep walking into it. It appeared two weeks ago. A storm raged the night before, and the following morning, it was there. Taking up the entire middle of the West Valley and Jefferson intersection, a sinkhole that dropped so far, no one could see how deep it went. There were no reports of any cracks forming prior to the ground opening up, and it was in the corner of the country that didn't have any street cameras nearby. The discovery was called in around 6 a.m. by a contractor on his way to a job site. It was early and still raining, and he nearly drove right into the sinkhole. Within minutes, police officers and the fire department showed up and the intersection was taped off. They had no idea what caused it and couldn't figure out what to do about it. The sinkhole apparently just kept going so they couldn't fill it up, no matter how many cement trucks they sent in. The intersection became this interesting local wonder that turned into national news. Government specialists arrived with drones with GPS and radio transmitters and all kinds of sonar tech. Everything they sent would drop down, going deeper and deeper. Until a certain depth, where they would all go offline and were never seen again. No one had any real answers for what was happening or plans to fix it. There was talk about building an artificial bottom a few feet down. That way they could equal off the street level so the intersection could continue as is. But it never got past the planning stage. It didn't have the chance. Less than a week later, something unthinkable happened. Small groups of people began amassing near the constructed barriers around the sinkhole. One person, an older woman, walked out, away from her group, stepping over the edge and down into the abyss. She didn't scream or cry. She just went over and disappeared. There were gasps. A lone scream emerged as another person, this one, a teenage boy, followed the old woman's footsteps. Then another one followed him over, and then yet another. That first day, close to a hundred people climbed the barrier and walked over the edge. Even some of the guards left their posts and went over themselves. Our government instituted both a quarantine and a curfew for the city. The perimeter around the sinkhole grew, but again, it had no effect people found a way in. They were from all parts of the city, and all walks of life. There was no separating the sheep from the goats, the wheat from the chaff, 
whatever was happening, everybody was welcome. No one knew why people were doing it. But one afternoon, while doom scrolling, I came across a video. It was from a cell phone and had gone viral. Normally, I wouldn't watch this type of thing, but I immediately recognized the subject. It was a woman named Helen. She was always pleasant, grateful, and enjoyable to be around. But watching her stand on the edge, she appeared to be a completely different person. It shook me to the core. Her expression hit a deep nerve in me. It was dark and visceral. She had a confused sadness, like a veil had been pulled aside to reveal a choice she's always had available, but had now lost all care or semblance of a future other than stepping forward. And then, she did. I had never seen someone die before, and was disturbed by the first person doing so, was someone I had helped carry groceries at the supermarket for near my apartment and knew on a first-name basis. I haven't gone back to the supermarket, though it's now apparent that whatever's going on, it isn't transmittable. Either you were affected by it or you weren't. And over the next two weeks, the deaths rose then dropped off. We all thought that was it. We referred to those who had walked over the edge as the fallers and tried to act like it was all some bizarre mass psychosis event. But they hadn't fallen. What they did was intentional, and whatever was happening wasn't finished. A week later, another strange anomaly occurred. People began complaining about a vague ringing sound like a train coming to station far off in the distance. Not everyone heard it, but within a week, everyone in the city knew at least five people who did, and the number was growing every day. I remember when my girlfriend Laura first heard it. I thought she was messing with me, but the more she talked about it, the more I believed her. She described it as a single note, one that was both rising and decaying simultaneously. Like it was always getting quieter and louder, softer and harsher. The longer it occurred, the more uneasy she felt. The note would fluctuate, from almost imperceptible to being so loud, it was like that distant train was now right beside her. Sometimes at night, she said it was excruciating. I started to wonder about the other people who heard it. Did they have the same experience? Was it better or worse? I couldn't imagine it being worse. Then I remembered Christian. He was a guy in my dorm in college that was afflicted with the suicide disease. It was actually named Father Gill's disease, or trigeminal neuralgia. For him, it developed first week and by the end of the first year. Christian dropped out. It was a condition that caused him insane amounts of unbearable pain in his face and temples caused by sensation flare-ups in his nerves. The suffering was so great that many who are gripped by it take their own lives to escape. I'm not sure if he did. I was hoping that wasn't some version of what was happening to Laura and the others, but if it was, how far would people go? The discussions about what's happening have ranged from environmental to ecological and extraterrestrial to biblical to even in between. 
Is it the Earth's reaction to us? Our impact on the water and land we inhabit? Has the Earth finally decided it's time for us to go? Does it have to do with the storm that erupted that night? It's funny thinking back. My girlfriend's religious mother had called us in during the storm, saying that it felt biblical. And that was true. It did carry an apocalyptic vibe. I remember before the rain started, the air felt heavy. It wasn't just humidity. It felt like gravity was shifting. Then it started to rain. Droplets the size of golf balls. It continued through the night. Around 3 a.m., a slight tremor rippled through the sky. It was faint, but even if you were asleep, you felt it. I had gone to the bathroom and was doom-scrolling when it happened. It felt like the earth had convulsed, gagged and vomited up something it couldn't ingest. The tremble never repeated, and the rain continued until the following morning. Just after breakfast, the sun came out like it was the first day of summer. But watching the heavy currents of rainwater pouring through the streets and gutters invoked thoughts of Noah. Wasn't there a Bible version about the earth opening its mouth and swallowing us up? Maybe that's paraphrasing. It's been a while since I've cracked open the old book. Could it be extraterrestrials? If they were out there and planning to take over, having us all walk into a giant trash can in the ground is a pretty genius idea. It would be an easy way to clear the planet of its population. Was the sinkhole created by some weapon that plunged into our Earth and sent out a renaissance wave from the bottom that would be heard, eventually by everyone, and pulling them down to its depths and their deaths? It's frustrating listening to the talking heads on TV go on about it. They all sound sure of themselves, as do the scientists and experts that are supposedly fixing this. Calm breeds calm, I guess. I just wish people would be honest about the cold, hard fact that we have no idea what's happening. And the longer it continues, the more I realize we probably never will. The history books may make something up to justify or explain, but it'll just be a guess. And that's assuming there will still be people writing history books after this. Some scientists think that this could be related to Earth's magnet field, for something completely invisible that can be detected by a compass needle and reaches thousands of miles into space. I'm shocked that they're only thinking about this now. Could certain electric currents carry imperceptible sound waves that causes psychological influence? Physical manipulation? And was there a way to block the wave? Everyone seemed to have more and more questions, always framed it in a positive light, like they were actually answers bringing us close to the end of this whole thing. And maybe they were right in the wrong way. This morning, I found Laura in the bathroom. She had large red-stained bandages on her ears. A pair of gory scissors sat in the blood-splattered sink. She punctured her eardrums. The sound had became too much. The hospital was filled with people who had similar ideas. Bloody bandages over destroyed ears. They were all trying to make the sound stop. But it didn't work. The first night back from the hospital, Laura couldn't sleep. She took a few Ambien, pint of whiskey, and some Oxys. But nothing worked. 
She was curled up in a fetal position, holding her head at both sides. We both finally fell asleep, I think. But when I woke up, Laura was gone. We had a small pad of paper that she was using to communicate with me. She had written down, I'm sorry, I can't take it. Love you forever. Cameras had been set up at the sinkhole to try to identify the people who were going over the edge. They used facial identifying software to determine the individual and contact their next of kin. I didn't want to wait. I had to go to the center control station on the outskirts of town to find out if she had gone in. It took several hours as that morning was apparently busy. A few thousand people had gone over, and it was only getting worse. When Laura's name and face came up on the monitor, she had gone over. Just before dawn of that morning was what the surveillance report said. I was told I could put her picture up on the wall outside if I wanted. I decided against it. As I left, I walked past the thousands of photographs and vigils that plastered the makeshift memorial for the fallers. I'm glad I didn't ask for a photo. There was no room left and I would have to cover someone else's. So many people. How did this happen? I searched for answers again, thinking back to college. I remember a professor showing a video about anthill death spirals. It only occurred in certain types of army ants, but when a group would get separated from the main swarm, they'd lose their pheromone track, panic, and follow one another's scent in a continuously rotating circle. Hundreds, thousands, sometimes millions of ants would do this until they all die of exhaustion. I heard sinkholes have appeared in New York, Hong Kong, and Moscow now. Was this the beginning of our final death spiral? When the ringing trailed off, as did the deaths, and for the briefest of time, it seemed like it was all ending. But I saw them everywhere, looking down into my mug of black coffee. I was putting cream in just to avoid the reminder during every sip. It didn't matter. I saw it in the blacks of people's eyes, the hubcaps of car wheels, the traffic lights that weren't lit, the sinkholes were every circle I came across day and night. Then the dream started. I had always been walking with Laura somewhere downtown when the rain would start. Then the ground below us would shake. The building beside us would collapse. She'd run into the middle of the street and I'd chase after her. Just as I was about to get to her, the cement under us crumbled away and the intersection would collapse. We'd both fall, large chunks of cement crushing us as we reached for each other. It was always at this point I realized I was dreaming. We'd just keep falling, and Laura would be there in pain just out of reach. I've heard people talking about falling in their dreams and how they always wake up before they land. I've been wondering why that is. Is it because since dreams are projections of our consciousness, and we don't know what happens after death, our brain just doesn't know what to fill with it? The dreams have been spilling into my days. Each one feels longer. Every time I shut my eyes, that image of Laura crushes between two chunks of road cement is plastered across my lids, and we're falling. 
the cement grinding her down as the light from the sky far above turns into a pinpoint. We continue to fall in the darkness. I could hear her screaming right next to me as we dropped for eons through the unending void. My moments of waking calm are diminishing by the day, and I fear insanity is creeping up my shadow. One month from the arrival of the sinkhole, something new and frightening happened. I had a waking nightmare. I was at the grocery store when all of a sudden, I was walking through downtown with Laura instead. She was smiling and happy, and the sun washed across her like a painting. I didn't feel tired or anxious anymore. I felt like I just laid down in fresh sheets after a long day. I don't even know where Laura was leading me. My eyes were locked on hers. When I saw them, the black circles of her pupils, the sinkhole. And, as if on cue with my ID of them, the sun overhead was gone. Rain droplets the size of golf balls were barraging the street. Laura kept pulling me forward. Lightning streaked the sky in electrical spiderwebs, and thunder shook the earth, causing the road below us to ripple like a wave. The cement under Laura crumbled. I held her tight, but her grip slipped through mine, and she fell backwards. As Laura went over, she disappeared before she hit the darkness of the endless pit. I snapped back to reality from the waking nightmare and realized I was at the West Valley and Jefferson intersection and I was about to step over the edge.